Welcome back, Cal and listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 43. Thanks everyone for tuning in today. Cal, we covered some good topics recently and I've been still thinking about this year. Got lots of time ahead of us and I wanted to discuss what your thoughts are on decision-making and why I think this is important is because as a follow-up to our last episode about being intentional, I would say that decision-making is probably the next step in the recipe for getting to where you want to be. And once you have intent and you want to work on things, you got to decide where to spend your time and how to think about things. So do you have any kind of high-level conviction about that, about maybe how you think about decision-making and why is that important to you? I completely agree with you on that. You know, we all struggle sometimes with starting something, right? Starting to go back to the gym or starting to maybe play music or a project. So the fact that you actually make the decision and take action upon that decision is very, very important. The moment when you actually break the ice by making the decision will actually put an end to contemplating, I should do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go for it. And then you take action. Anyone who's got to anywhere in life is because they had that moment. No one was born with that. You make a decision and you start. So it's incredibly vital to succeed in what you want to do. And I recall reading a quote by Richard Branson. It goes in the lines of, if someone gives you an opportunity to do something or to work somewhere, even if you're not experienced in it, just take the opportunity and then learn how to do it. It kind of ties in with what we're talking here. Make that decision, take that opportunity, don't procrastinate, don't hesitate, go for it. And then you can figure it out later because sometimes these opportunities won't come as frequently as people might think. Yeah, there's some truth to that. And when I think of people like the Elon Musks or any tech entrepreneur, I find that what gets me captivated by listening to them typically on YouTube, if you're lucky enough, maybe to see them in person. I don't think anyone's seeing anyone in person these days, but YouTube's a great place to start. And I'm a big Twitter guy recently. So find these people on Twitter and follow them. So I started to follow probably a couple hundred people. One person would say, hey, follow these 10 people if you like to learn about anything techie, business, real estate. So it's become this learning source of information that I really, really like. What kind of stood out to me, though, was people are essentially sharing free knowledge and they all have the same goal of wanting to get better. And I think me, for example, saying, hey, that's cool. That's interesting. I want that. That's a decision in itself. So I've talked about it before, but where are you going to focus your time, your thoughts, your state of mind? And I think once you're intentional, then you say, "Okay, this specific goal is important enough. So. I know we kind of shared some of our ideas of what we were going to be intentional on. I want to hear from the rest of you. Shoot us an email, leave us a comment somewhere. I want to know, have you come up with anything? And it doesn't have to be right away. I think life's a discovery process. So that all takes time. It could take years. Who cares? The important thing is you're being in tune with yourself. It's almost like a mental meditation for what to focus on. So I've heard, I think I've even mentioned it, but I like it because it kind of helps me keep my thoughts in focus. So goals are essentially long-term and then short-term things like addiction, 
instant gratification. They're very short-term goals. And I think the more long-term focus you set for yourself, if you set something that requires long-term, that won't be instant, the harder goal or something that is not achievable within five minutes, then I think that is part of the magic. So decision-making, a couple prominent thinkers on that. So Elon Musk is one. He is a first principles thinker. Just YouTube, Elon Musk first principles. He uses physics to say what is possible based on individual atoms, what's possible in the science, as opposed to what do my friends think or what does the industry think? So a key distinction there for innovation is you have to think differently. And the goal is to not think differently for the sake of it. But if you're going to innovate, you have to think differently. If you want to get the cost 10, 100 or 1,000x cheaper, which is essentially how he runs his businesses, especially with SpaceX, the biggest breakthrough I think there was reusability. Almost about 15 years ago, he never flew a single rocket, took about $50 million and said, let me find some people in this field. A lot of people said it's impossible because they would go by what they know. And I always call it the lazy executive analogy, which is someone so comfortable, maybe knowledgeable, maybe has a good life, social status, money, family, all those typical things. But where is their life going? Are they innovating? Are they making a real difference? And that's where people get lost in the sea of a conglomerate where you're just a number, as the saying goes, one of 1,000, 10,000. So being able to distill what's important enough in your life and being able to do that for a living is quite powerful. I think it's a fine art. Being able to think from a science perspective and what's possible, I think it takes some relearning on how to think and you're essentially challenging assumptions. That's actually what I loved about philosophy in mix of high school and university. I find that that really helped me challenge what I think about anything. So I love that specifically, and I think it's helped me make my own mind about a lot of things and maybe take the contrarian view. And what I think a really good other example, who's maybe a thought leader in decision-making or thinking different, besides Steve Jobs, of course, I think that was his slogan, actually. Although I'm not the most well-versed on Steve Jobs, I'm sure you can Google that as well as a earlier example. So Peter Thiel, I mentioned his book before, Zero to One. He talks about how to start a business that's unique and is essentially a monopoly in its own space. So it's not another restaurant. It's not another car dealership. It's not something that is lost in the sea of competition. And he had this four box chart. And what you want to strive towards, I think he drew a line on a page and said, on the left half, you'll have pessimism. And on the right half, you'll have optimism. So what do most people gravitate towards? I think pessimism, when you're younger, it's seen as cool having this negative outlook. And I don't think it's very productive ultimately. I think that gets people stuck in this inaction of the world sucks. It doesn't produce much. I would say even myself, I remember growing up, I would fall into this trap as well of this kind of thinking. And it doesn't really get you to think outside of yourself. So pessimism is an option. Optimism is another. And I think the idea behind it is to also be a contrarian. So what Peter's idea was, you can be negative. Let's say you're negative on politics, you're negative on climate change. That's not a uniquely individual idea. 
many people are negative. So he had a famous interview question, which is, what do you believe that no one else believes? It's almost like the truth paradox. And his goal is to find this out of every person he interviews. And again, he had co-founded a company that merged with Elon Musk's company to form PayPal, both really smart dudes. And the idea was with this truth paradox, it helps illustrate if you have any ideas that are your own. So you can be smart. There's many doctors, many scientists, people who one would believe is smart, who check off all the boxes. And he was a self-proclaimed box checker, became a lawyer, got good grades, and then said, what am I doing? I hate this. So he got out of law. His joke was someone asked him how he did it. He just walked out the front door. Anything's possible if you set your mind to it. It's just a matter of what you focus on. And that was the decision. I think that's a life-changing decision where you say, I'm going to go do this. And I've heard countless stories from people I followed who left good jobs. They left Facebook, they left Google to start a company to do the unknown. And I think when something draws on you, that's important. So you have a purpose that resonates with you. I think that is where decision-making comes into play. I'm just going to wrap up that thought. So Peter was be a truth contrarian. So what do you believe that others don't? And he did make a distinction between being optimistic as well. So how can you be a contrarian that's also optimistic? His idea was, okay, smart people can be negative. Doesn't really mean you're going to change the world. And his other big point was people have to change the world. It won't change around you. So the Steve Jobs example, the Elon Musk, people who innovate, innovation doesn't just happen on its own. It takes people, it takes dedication. So being a contrarian who's optimistic, I think was the final take there. That was something that really stuck with me in terms of how do you find something that is worth pursuing? So one last recommendation, if you want to follow someone I'm a huge fan of, there's someone called Naval Ravikant. You can find him all over Twitter on Joe Rogan. I think he's got his own podcast of small snippets too. So this person is an angel investor, someone who writes checks to grow companies. And he actually started Angel List and he co-founded that to help democratize investing. And I think he wanted to open it up so it's not just selective to certain people. He's also got a famous quote. His line is this, if you're so smart, why aren't you happy? What his point is, I think it channels a lot of what Peter is saying. So how can you be so smart yet so negative? How can you not be happy? How can you not be in tune with yourself so that you're on the right personal journey in life? And I think at a high level, what the whole point of that is to illustrate how important it is to know yourself and not just do things for the sake of doing them, have a higher purpose, have an understanding of who you are. And he's really big into meditation. Those are three people that really have stood out to me probably in the last two, three years. And why am I bringing this up? So I think it's relevant because it's good to sometimes learn from people who have done things in a unique way or you can learn from. And I always have talked about find good mentors in life and there could be thought mentors. It could just be a phrase that sticks with you. And I think as you go on this journey of learning and growing, you have to have people you channel with. I don't think it can be done on your own. So whether you build a company and start a team or you learn from people, I think you have to have people around you that can help you stay on track. That's ultimately a decision there. So where do you spend your time? What do you think about? And what's important to you? Those are essentially 
the three main ones, I would say. And at the end of the day, where do you get your information from? Where do you learn? What do you fill your mind with? Like mental diet. So are you always watching the news? Whether it's right or wrong, I'm not going to go into that. But I would say news is typically negative or it's a shock factor. And a lot of prominent journalists have really highlighted how news has become for clicks. In the day and age of Facebook, people are essentially bidding for clicks to get eyes on a magazine to sell ads. Let that sink in for a second. So if the goal of a newspaper is to sell ads, is that really in your best interest or theirs? And what kind of content would they show? So that is why we talk about YouTube a lot, which I'm a fan for the long form discussion. You can find many podcasts on there. You can find many interviews in Twitter. So try and follow some cool people. That's my tip of the day, my recommendation. So Cal, what do you think of that? Does that make any sense to you? What are your thoughts? Brilliant stuff. It really comes down to this. When making a decision, sometimes, like you said, you need to surround yourself with the kind of people that would either help you emotionally or financially or just to help you and push you to your goals. So with current technologies, with social media, like you said, even just by following people on Twitter or on Instagram or finding the right material and videos on YouTube that can help push you further, that actually can be quite enough. I know it helped me a lot with quite a few things in my life. I find that I actually really enjoy social media in a very constructive way. I think most people use social media for entertainment, but I think John and I are probably the same here, even though in different parts of the world. But I use Twitter purely for educational purposes, YouTube, same with Instagram. And I basically don't use anything else at the moment because I find it that I can't find the information or educational content that I'm after there. So just going back here is that I effectively surround myself with the kind of information, the people that either made it or are making it or on their way to make it or want to make it and have the same mentality as I do for me to actually push myself. So you can take things and really surround yourself with that kind of positivity, the kind of motivation that you need to make that decision and get started. And those three people that you mentioned, every time you talked about them, John, every single one, you'd say something that I thought, oh, that's very, very cool. Just didn't want to break your thought there because it was just very interesting. And that's the thing. We make decisions every day, probably a thousand times a day with what you want to eat, what you're going to wear, what app you're going to open on your phone, who you're going to call. Those are all micro decisions. When you get instant feedback or gratification, but the thing is making a decision that's long-term, knowing that we won't reap the rewards or might not ever even get there if you're not persistent enough, could be taxing on the mind and could give the person the thought of, you know what, I'd like to do this one day, and that one day never comes. The thing is you need to get started, and everything requires work day by day to get there. Everyone needs to take that first step. Once you break the ice and once you're in, the idea is get your foot into the door and then all you need to think about is your next step. And then you need to take a decision for that step. Once you take that, you need to think of the following step and so on and so forth. And by just focusing on that, it actually can make your task a lot easier because it just makes it less draining on you. It just gives you the idea that I'm just focusing on this one step and you're not looking at that mountain that you're trying to climb. 
but you're looking at that one step closer that you need to take to get to where you want to be. And then every now and then you just look up and just try to see where you are. And then you just go back, look down and get back to work. So the difference between you and a person who's made it is that they made that decision and you haven't. It could be that they're not even better than you. They just were able to take that decision and take that step and say, I'm going to go for this. And they did. They got there eventually. And you actually could be better than them. You could be more creative. You could be more successful potentially. But the fact that you never made that decision is the difference between you and someone else. That could be living your dream because you just didn't go ahead with what you wanted in the first place. Yeah, that's really powerful. I mean, I've heard of those stories of people who've lived their lives. You hear of people regretting things or wishing they had done things differently. So remember that every day the sun rises is a day we can do something differently. And that is our choice. That is essentially us saying, I'm going to continue on this path or I'm going to change. And I think being able to have that ability to reason between what's important and what's not, who to keep company with, who to keep in your life really matters and who's going to help you grow or who's going to maybe hold you back. It's a personal journey. It's not something that can be answered for you. It has to come from within, but these kinds of things are abundantly clear if you pay attention and you will notice who helps you and who doesn't and who maybe is putting you in the wrong direction. Over time, that is where you get aligned with things you want to do and eventually you can give back. You can help others. And I think that is the secret to life, which is we're all on this earth together doing our thing. And if you're a good person, if you're striving for good things, life's about give and take. It's about helping where you can and making the world better. I think if you have that type of mentality, it really does become a journey. It becomes about moving things along and doing good in the world. I find that kind of statement is super powerful because it takes away all the layers of pretense of things that don't matter. And I think harnessing that focus and that idea and that mentality becomes unstoppable. I think it becomes part of you and it becomes really something that will compound. That is definitely how I like to think about things. I think that is the way to go. So with that said, Let's wrap up today's episode. That was Methodical Millions, episode 43. If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback. Thanks, everyone.